Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games and as always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us again this week as we talk about some really cool games. And no, we are not talking about any new games out there, we are going back to the past, back to our childhood, back to the good old days of having your console in your pockets. We are talking about Game Boy games, and more specifically, we're just going to the Game Boy Advance era, because there's a lot of really good titles there, and there's a lot of really awesome games that I don't know, like that I remember that I always wanted to play. I, I know that we talked about a lot of games before deciding a couple of them. And this week we decided to dive into some a uh, couple different types of games. So we picked one that we played in the past and to see if it holds up. And then we picked a game that we've always wanted to play to see how good it is now and if it is if we wish we would have played it when we were younger. Uh, spoiler, uh, yeah, I wish I played the game that I played when I was a lot younger because it would have been one of my favorites for sure. Now it's just a really good game. But anyway, uh, for me at least, uh, the two games that I picked were Dragon Ball Z Legendary Super Warrior, which is a total awesome game. I absolutely love that game. Uh, growing up, I played it a lot, and I love Dragon Ball Z. And the game that I always wanted to play was Golden Sun, and I luckily had the chance to play both of those. And I actually beat <laughs> both those games in preparation for that, so it shows you how much I enjoyed those ones. But Chris, what games did you pick then that you'll be talking about this week? So for me, I picked the game that pissed me off as a kid. I did not understand <laughs> it. I somehow got, after playing through it, again i realized i got pretty far as a kid but i hit a roadblock and never went back uh that is final fantasy legend Ooh. which is the first saga game to come out out here it's not actually final fantasy it's for the game boy um very old on the game boy too i don't i don't think it was a launch but it was uh came out in 89 so it's pretty old um oh gosh that's so but old now <laughs> it it's funny because the game is actually not as hard as I thought, but I'll get into that later. And for the game I've really wanted to play, because I'm moving and all that kind of stuff with the baby, I haven't had time to finish it yet, but I'm working on it, is uh, Mother 3. Yeah. And that is... That's an emotional roller coaster. I'll put it that way so far. <laughs> so, those are some awesome games. So, I'm really excited to talk about those ones. But before we do, why don't we dive into some Game Boy memories? Because... I don't know about you, but I played the hell out of my Game Boy growing up. Oh, same. And anytime a new Game Boy came out, I was on it mm -hmm. right away. I had to have it. I remember playing it with a little like worm light on yep. there because the lighting was horrible. You play those things outside and you can't see crap in the old days. And then remember whenever the Game Boy came out with the backlit screen? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that was like leaps and bounds like future technology we're talking star trek level tech when <laughs> that thing came out i loved my sp that sp was so cool and just hearing that click that satisfying click of opening that thing up and closing it ugh, i love it and the fact that they kept that click going for quite a while i i do appreciate that they don't need to do that but it just sounds good when they do it's really fun like a weird nostalgia trick there but I, I do remember playing my Game Boy so much that 
at one point I went to a summer camp, right? And uh, I wanted to bring my Game Boy and my mom really did not want me to bring it with me. But I was just getting into game or getting into Pokemon. So I had Pokemon red, blue and yellow that I was bouncing back and forth between all three of them at the same time because, you know, crazy idiot kid playing the same game <laughs> on three different <laughs> consoles because I had different starters on each one, whatever, right? <laughs> and so I, I finally had my mom break down and say it's okay for me to take it with me to summer camp, even though that kind of defeats the whole purpose of summer camp, right? Uh, but I do remember her handing me a Ziploc baggie of all of my Game Boy and all my games, and oh. she wrote my name on the back of everything. And I have to say, I, I don't know, there's something that's really, maybe it's just me, but seeing my mom's handwriting, like it's so memorable for me, at least. Like I, I can pick my mom's handwriting out of a list of like a thousand different handwritings. Like it's so different and unique. It's like a weird mix of like, capital letters only <laughs> and like a kind of like a cursive slightly graffiti-ish tagging style like it's it's a cool hand style i or handwriting style i think that she's probably like changed it a little bit now but i just remember seeing that back then and i just absolutely love seeing my name in that like handwritten style and taking it with me and just enjoying that time drinking my bug juice playing some tetherball and then going and hang out under a tree playing some game boy with some uh, pokemans <laughs> having pikachu be so happy he's surfing on a wave and flying in the air balloons and crap like that but yeah that was that was a lot of fun i love my game boy and i wish i still had that thing i don't know where it is i think it's in a box in florida somewhere in storage but i would love to have my hands on that thing again but do you have any amazing old school Game Boy memories? I the Game Boy for me was surprisingly I played it a lot, uh, a lot more than I thought I did. Now looking back at it, um, memories also summer camp uh, taken out with me. This was the the old the OG Game Boy, that big mm. gray brick. Um, playing the thing Wario that turned Land. yellow after a while. Yep. <laughs> and I actually, I played it so much, I had one of those rechargeable battery packs oh, for dang. it. So you could plug it on the side to the wall, and I would just sit there in, like, the summer camp class, and I would just have it plugged in playing with my little... I had At first, I had that light that had the magnifying glass on it. Oh, so yeah. I yeah. had that bad boy. Um, and then once, of course, the Game Boy, like, pocket and color came out, I had the little worm. Uh, and it reminds me, because I remember... Uh, Later on, I ended up getting this, like, it was like an FM tuner that you could put on the GameCube, and it would, or not the GameCube, Jesus, the uh, the Game Boy, <laughs> and it would play local radio stations. It was weird. That's I remember really doing cool. that. I don't know why I got that, but it was just cool. Um, I have a lot of memories, you know, Super Mario Land 2, it's just, there's so many games on the Game Boy, even just the original Game Boy games, like, Looking back at it now, I mean, I kind of look at the Game Boy as, you know, just like the NES. Like, it was a timepiece. It was great for the time. They're not as hard to go back to as you think. Um, for me, it's easier to go back to a GameCube. Or, God, why keep saying GameCube? <laughs> Game Boy title than it is going for an NES. But uh, another memory for me is basically getting the Game Boy Advance 
uh, mm. brand new. And I can't even think of the Game Boy Color when I got the Pokemon one. I still have my Pokemon Game Boy uh, that came with yellow. Um, oh, that thing was so cool. I was so jealous when I saw that. I love it. Um, I lost my original Game Boy. I don't know what happened to it, but uh, I still have the Game Boy Advance. And I think for me, the Advance was the game changer. Uh, even though I loved, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, when the Advance came out, it, I don't want to say that's when I really started paying attention to games because I, I did pay attention to games in, you know, the mid 90s. I mean, I was young, you know, I don't have, I didn't have the internet to look up reviews. I didn't, I didn't, the only thing I knew was E3 that I would sit there and watch and mm-hmm. be excited about games. But the Game Boy Advance was just so damn cool. It looked cool. It had more colors and it's just like, I loved it. The games were bigger and I remember, getting Pino B and I was like, what is this stupid ass game? Like (laughs) there was so many Game Boy Advance games I got that I just was like, why? But then when you really dive into the RPGs of the Game Boy Advance, oh my God, Mm -hmm. like leaps and bounds different than a Game Boy Color, uh, you know, size wise. But yeah, I think my other memories too are like the Super Game Boy player where you can put it on the SNES and then the advanced player on the gamecube mm, that's why that i kept playing cool. gamecube because i'm like oh i used to just put in the the player all the time but um, that was actually really cool being able to hook that up to there it was nice like i the game Boy advance is really pretty on like a modern screen like it it looks nice because the colors and that's something with nintendo is their handhelds are always like they never really went wrong with the handhelds you know i feel like now they kind of know that, so that's why they're doing what they do with the Switch. But, like, I've owned pretty much every Nintendo handheld. Uh, I didn't own a DS when it came out. Uh, I got a 3DS, but the DS was kind of when I skipped that generation, so a lot of that generation is, like, foreign to me. But, mm-hmm. you know, before that, oh, yeah, I was all over that baby. Like, yeah. Hmm. yeah it's it's a pretty amazing history that when you look back at all the games that are on there and a lot of them were just so surprising games that you would pass up nowadays i mean Mm -hmm. we played them when we were kids because you know your grandparents or family members just bought you a random game and it turns out that that game's awesome like I, i don't really think that i played a game that was just absolutely horrible on those consoles like, they're probably ones that aren't great, you know, but... You could tell by they, the box. Yeah, for the most part. But typically, those games were surprisingly good. And I think that's going to lead me into this first game that I really want to talk about. And just, I've been wanting to talk about for so long because I played it a few weeks ago, uh, as far as this recording goes. But I'm going to talk about Dragon Ball Z Legendary Super Warriors. And, oh my gosh. So if you love Dragon Ball Z then, you know, Dragon Ball Z games are just fantastic. But there's a lot of hit and miss games out there. Uh, there for a long time and for continuing on still, I mean, Dragon Ball Z is synonymous of being a fighting game because, you know, the anime, they just fight. It just makes sense. But Legendary Super Warriors took it in a very interesting direction. They actually made it a card game. And now, I like, looking back, this was actually the very first card game I had ever played. 
And mm. I think it is really the whole reason why I have such like nostalgia feels when it comes to card games. And the way the combat is set up, you have your characters on one or each side of the screen. Uh, there are four different positions in which you can put your character. So there's two ground positions and there's two air positions. The f if you're further away from the enemy, so the, the furthest spot up against the edge of the screen, that boosts your overall defense. But then it, uh, the ground boosts your physical defense. And if you're in the air, that boosts your beam defense. So those are kind of where you want to position yourself. You can move on your defense turn, uh, on your attack turn. You can play attack cards to gain extra energy and then use that energy to then spend on your big moves, like your Super Kamehamehas, your Masenkos, your Gatlic Guns, those kind of things, right? And what I really enjoyed about Legendary Super Warriors is that it went through the entire Dragon Ball Z series, all of it. From the very beginning all the way through Boo, you go through all of it, which is really, really fun. And you can actually unlock every single character that is, pl that is played in that game. So you can play as the bad characters too. You can use your villains. Uh, you level everybody up. You get their special moves, things like that. And actually, whenever you beat the game, it unlocks battle mode. So you can go back in and do free battles so you can continue leveling your characters. You can replay the story to then unlock new characters because it keeps the characters that you have previously unlocked. Uh, or you can link battle with somebody else, with a friend. And I wish I had known that when I was younger, but of course I was the only one playing this game <laughs> whenever <laughs> I was growing up. And I just absolutely loved this game as a kid. I'd never beat it. I didn't get very far because it was a little hard. Uh, trying to figure out the patterns of the people was a little tricky at first uh, for my child brain to figure out. But I was able to actually beat the entire game this time around. And I got to say, man, it, it holds up. This game is fantastic. It is so much fun. Uh, I took some screenshots and some little videos as well while I was playing through. So I can share those on the social medias too. But I love the sprite animations. They're very simple, but I remember trying, uh, like when I was a kid, drawing these sprites out too because I just love the style of them. They're really, really simplistic, but they just have enough detail to have you really understand the characters, really tell the difference between everything. The, it's, the story isn't bogged down with anything. It's just really quick, little tiny, like, oh, you know, we're going to go do this. We're doing this. There's a little, like, cutscenes in between battles with, like, some still frame images. And then, boom, back into the next battle. Here you go. And it was just a lot, a lot of fun. The card balancing is really good, I would say. There's some really cool special abilities that you have in there. The animations for the big moves are fantastic. I... Yeah, I just everything about this game I absolutely loved. And it's not easy. It's a pretty challenging game. And I think that's what I really enjoy about this title so much. And I wish that there was more games like Legendary Super Warrior. Uh, right after this, or actually the same year that this game came out, Legacy of Goku came out. And because that was more like a Zelda-style game, that one picked up traction and they made three different Legacy of Goku games. But Legendary Super Warriors was left behind, which is a shame. And I think this is really like a hidden gem in 
the Dragon Ball Z gaming universe. And I feel like people really need to check this one out because it's a lot of fun. Despite it being a card game, it's not as slow as you would think. And it's just, it's really cool. It's it's the first and probably only turn-based Dragon Ball Z game I played. And it has all the action that you want in it. It's just fantastic. Uh, I love this title. Uh. <laughs> I don't know how I never heard of this because I was big in the Dragon Ball at the time. I... I feel like my first Dragon Ball game that I played was Legacy of Goku, which was also <laughs> a handheld title. Um, well, that one overshadowed. It literally came out the same exact year. Yeah, that's and, probably why. And I think uh, Legacy of Goku was Game Boy Advance. So, like, first release on Game Boy Advance. And mm-hmm. uh, Legendary Super Warriors was still Game Boy Color. So, gotcha. it was the very last game on Game Boy Color. So, it was like they're, you know, go like sing or whale song kind of game on the console huh i mean i looked at once you brought it up i looked down i was like this actually looks kind of cool like you wouldn't think a card game for dragon ball would work because you want fast action but it looks like it does really well like there's (laughs) definitely you know i mean there's been some really bad dragon ball games in existence and this is far from it like this actually looks really good Yeah, they did something great with a card system, too. So you have uh, a certain attack that is just used to help boost your power level uh, so that you can use the bigger bigger moves later on. Uh, They have a three-stage, four-stage, five-stage, and six-stage attacks. So those are different cards that you can play. And they're called three-stage attacks because it's basically just punch-kick combos. But you actually have to do the button prompts to actually use the attack properly if you fail the button prompt you actually don't do the attack so you kind of waste a turn that way and depending on how far you are away from your enemy you have less time to do the button prompt which i actually really enjoy that mechanic a lot so if you're in furthest away from the enemy you have 1.2 seconds to hit those button prompts so you might have like a five hit in your hand and a three hit. And you really want to do that five hit because you need five extra points your next turn in order to do the big hit. But if you can't hit all five buttons in 1.2 seconds, then you're not getting those five points. So you kind of have to weigh it out that way and put yourself in danger. Maybe put yourself in a position where you have less defense and you might get hit harder in order to get those five stages off and those six stages. So it's actually a really cool mechanic to have in there, and it makes the the speed of the game still feel like an action game because you're doing those so frequently. So it is really nice touch. I love it. I love it. You gotta check this out. I know that you would enjoy this game. Yeah, I, the GameCube had. Uh, God damn it! I need to stop. <laughs> um, the Game Boy had so many cool card games, dude. Like the Pokemon card game, like. Mm-hmm. that was cool too like it just it it was perfect you know because handheld you could take it and go you know oh i'm gonna play one card match you know it, it's just it worked yeah the you Yu-Gi-Oh know card game was dope on those consoles on the advance oh, yeah hell yeah. yeah yeah that was a good game that was a good ass game it's perfect you want to play that now too damn i know i know it feels weird like going back to these games now i really want to play just game boy games because I forgot how good they were. And then I just remember how much I really enjoy playing just console games in general, like just handheld stuff. Yeah. I mean, if we end up doing any more rehashes, like we could do so many just from the handhelds. Like there's so many out there and so many get glossed over for Pokemon and Mario games. So it's like, 
man, I love it. Yeah. So, a game that I uh, loathed as a kid, uh, Final Fantasy Legend. Um, this game was hard. Uh, I don't, I don't think I had really any experience playing RPGs at this point. I know I didn't play the original Final Fantasy uh, by that time. And this um, game was actually the first handheld RPG um, in existence. Uh, So it, it, it says something, you know, and I mean, for me, Final Fantasy didn't really mean anything at that point because I was young. Like I, I was maybe five when I played this, maybe six. Um, mm-hmm. And I know a couple Final Fantasies had come out by that time, but I, I was just getting into them. You know, like mm-hmm. I remember renting Mystic Quest at that point. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But then. I was more into handheld, so I played Final Fantasy Adventure and loved it. Like that game was damn cool because it's uh it's the like first mana game, right? Mm. So it plays like that. It's an action RPG. It's fantastic on a Game Boy. You wouldn't think it because the sprites are so small, but it it works and it works well. Uh with Legend, it's it's different. It's weird. It uh it's by the same guy that did Final Fantasy two, which I know a lot of people don't like that one because, I mean, it's kind of a saga game as well where you don't gain experience after every battle, right? Usually mm-hmm. you take damage, your endurance goes up or your health goes up. If you attack with a sword, your sword skill goes up. Like It's very like get hit, get rewarded or hit and get rewarded on that stuff. Like It's very, it feels almost practical. Like That makes sense. That you would get stronger by either using or being hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people didn't like that because it was different. Um, I know when I first played Final Fantasy 2, I felt that way. And I did not like it at the time, even though you could cheat it pretty easy. Yeah, sit in the corner and heal yourself and hit yourself. Yep. Yeah. Um, But this is the second game from Squaresoft in the U.S. right after Final Fantasy, the first one. Uh mm-hmm. While Final Fantasy was inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, this game was actually inspired by Gamma World, which hmm. for anybody out there, it's the cooler Dungeons and Dragons style game. Hmm. It's the it was the <laughs> first tabletop science fantasy game made by the same people that did D&D. Um, but basically it stripped the fantasy setting and mixed, you know, that sexy late 70s early 80s like sci-fi mixture with like post-apocalyptic look mixed with like high fantasy like the art style on these books oh my god it's that like neo retro like science fiction look that i love Mm -hmm. um games are really cool i've actually looked into this before and it's fascinating i think i'd be much more interested in playing around of that just because i like the mixture of space and fantasy mm-hmm. uh but i feel like you don't really hear about it um but yeah so it was based off of that and it's interesting um so basically you start the game oh so 
there's not much to the story. You're investigating a tower and you got to climb it. Um, that's basically it. You get adventurers and you, you explore this stupid tower. Um, there's three titles in the series. Uh, I personally really liked three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one I've beaten. I didn't really beat two. Two was a little weird for me. Uh, I didn't get too far. And then this game was just hard, like unbelievably. Uh, cause so there's three races in this game and you can build your own party. Uh, no one's ever going to be as strong as your main character and your main character. There's no, I don't think there's permadeath. At least it didn't happen to me, but this game does have permadeath. Oh, um, gosh. cause you're, you're meant to change your party up eventually, you know? So they have three hearts and if they get KO'd three times, they're permanently dead and you have to hire a new party member. Oh, wow. So already going through this as a kid, fuck. You know, like that was, it was hard. Um, but yeah, so humans, they can't learn skills. They can't do magic. Uh, they have the most equipment slots so they can equip really strong stuff. And that's basically how they do their damage. You know, they don't level up all their strength is from weapons. So later on in the game, when you get really good weapons, it's good to have humans because they'll utilize it better and you can. (laughs) kick ass with humans uh and yeah their stats only go up by the items you buy which makes it really expensive and i did not understand that as a kid like these three races i didn't get as a kid so i i stumbled my way through this uh second is mutants which grow stronger after every battle uh they can learn forget abilities at will they uh they're probably the most versatile they can use magic. They can equip some things. Uh, yeah, they're like the middle ground. And then mm-hmm. monsters, which I remember getting a few of these as a kid. And it was very confusing, too. Basically, after defeating enemies, monsters will drop meat. And the meat will randomly make your monster characters stronger or weaker. Basically, mm-hmm. it's always forever evolving them for better or for worse, and you don't know what you're going to get. Oh, weird. This was actually something fixed, because a lot of these games were remade uh, for the DS, and these were were issues that were fixed later on, but in these old games, you didn't know what you were going to get, and I Mm. hate that. Uh, As I got screwed, I think that's what ended up happening to me. I ended up getting a really bad team, and they ended up dying, and I couldn't go back because I didn't have enough money to hire. Like It was just... Uh, I was young cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I was frustrated. I didn't understand it. And then I think at that point, I think that's when I started playing Final Fantasy four or if it was Super Mario RPG, one of those two. Uh, And then I was like, who needs this stupid game? And I never touched it since until recently. Uh, So yeah, those are three classes and you can have a party of four and everything has a durability. I mean, this game just gets better and better. Right. Um, (laughs) And it sucks. It's like, so in Japan, the Masa Moon or the Miramasa and stuff like, like strong weapons in those games, right? Like the ultimate weapons. Mm-hmm. In Japan, their version, those were unlimited use. But in the US version, you can only use them 50 times. Like, oh, lame. Every weapon, every equipment, every spell has a number of uses that you can do. 
And it sucks because sometimes you get a really good weapon and you don't have enough space to hold another one. And you're like, should I use this glass sword that has only five uses, but it's going to kick ass in this dungeon? Mm-hmm. Or do I do the very weak sword that has like 30 uses and then it'll probably last the whole dungeon? You know, it was, Got it. It was that kind of crap. Um, That's tough. Yeah, it. They fixed it in the later, uh, the sequels. Like in two, they they were a little more forgiving. The story is a little better. You're basically tracking down your dad. Uh, in the third game, you're from the future and you go to the past to save the future. And mm-hmm. a lot of the things in three made it simpler. Um, that's probably why I really enjoyed three was because it wasn't that hard. Um, and going back to this game, it, it was a lot easier than when I was a kid. Um, I think cause after I, cause I never went back to the first one after playing three mm. it with each sequel, you got new races and it, it made the game more interesting. But, um, basically something that was cool, uh, for all the people out there that like translation stuff, Ted Woosley made uh, did the translation for this. Uh, he was, Famous for Squaresoft because he did a lot of the big translations. Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI. Uh, people loved or hated him because he would do these things called Wooliisms, where he would insert really random sayings at random times uh, that don't fit the game at all. Like, imagine... Oh, I'm trying to think of like a working design that does this really well. But like there was a Bill Clinton joke and not in, not in Final Fantasy, but like to get a style of like what he would do in these kind of games, like he would do like a pulp culture reference in the game from the real world. Oh, weird. Or he would see like, oh, you just got hit by a submarine or something like that. Like it was really random, didn't make sense, but it was quirky. Right, it was like a little comedic relief, uh, but some people loved it, some people hated it. I mean, I think his translations otherwise were really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still doing stuff, but yeah, he uh, he was interesting. It, it's a really interesting story reading about him with Final Fantasy VI. It's a cool looking title, and I'm surprised I haven't really like looked too much into it. But I'm guessing it's because it was so hard. And I know, like, the child brain that I had, I would not have been able to figure this title out at all. But looking back at it now, I'm just like, I kind of want to try it, right? Like, I just want to just play around in this world and see what what comes of it. And the whole durability thing, it's something that I don't really like in games at all. (laughs) But I get it. I I understand why it's there. And it's, you know, it's to add that whole idea of realism. But it also doesn't feel real whenever you see just a number you know it's like okay i got 15 uses like it it would make more sense if it was maybe like oh like uh what's called in monster hunter right whenever you see your sharpness go down like that makes sense but Mm -hmm. then you can sharpen your weapon again and keep going like if there was a repair option on these guys that would be really cool yeah it's like oh your your sword is now dulled you can still use it but it does you know like 25 percent damage 
until you get it repaired, then it's back up to fighting shape again. Like that would be a nice little mechanic to have in there instead of it just completely flat out breaking on you. And then you're stuck with no weapons because you might have had a bad run and bad team synergy or just not done the things in the right order. You don't have enough money. You know, there's there's all kinds of crazy issues that can come up with a title like this where it just feels like you get locked out and there's no there's no way of coming back from it. And for a kid, that's the death of a game right there. It, as yeah. soon as you feel locked out of something, that's it. And it's a shame because I'm watching some footage of this and the sprites, the enemy sprites are mm-hmm. so good. They're so yep. cool looking. I absolutely love this pixel art. It is amazing. Like the pixel art of the lizard enemy Oh my god, it's adorable, but it looks so modern. It's kind of a trip to look at this because it's so cool to actually see how how much detail they put into these things. And I, I do really love that. I do have a hard time getting into the RPGs where you can't see the party when you're fighting. Yeah. I, I don't know why. That's kind of like a big thing for me. Uh, but it's it's I don't know. It's just something. But I mean, that's more like classic dungeon crawling old school rpg style a lot of newer games are starting to bring that back to where you just have like the icon on the bottom or whatever it may be but i I don't know i just like seeing the party i just think it's kind of nice to be able to do that so but yeah this is definitely a title that i might actually pick up and just try out because i'm on like a old game kick right now for some reason and i'm really loving it i would say as someone who hated it as a kid but played it again recently like from a historical point for handheld games or RPGs in general, I say it's worth going back to. Um, personally, I think three is just easier to get into. But if you want the history of the first like handheld RPG stuff like that, the first one's not bad. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these issues that I had as a kid, I just didn't understand the manual. As it, like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't know permadeath. I didn't know all this until I learned it the hard way, and then I just got uninterested in it. But knowing how to handle that stuff from games recently, it it's a lot easier. And going back to it, the game isn't too difficult aside from maybe a few spots. The only problem is is the encounter rate is insane. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it at times it'll be like every two steps. It's oh it, those it older was supposed games with that. It's just uh... yeah, they wanted that quick pick up and play, so they made the battles a little bit easier, but they made it more often, and that's what screwed me over. Is that you know it's these battles would happen so often, your weapons get worn down so fast that it just it it made me struggle as a kid, um, but. I I think the game's worth it. I mean, another thing too, the soundtrack is by uh, Nobu Imatsu, which I mean did the soundtrack for most Final Fantasy games. Like it's mm-hmm. it's got a lot of good reasons to play it, and I think it's it's definitely something different. You know, like the Saga series in general, I admire and respect it because it does something different. Mm-hmm. I wish that I have played more in the games in that series, but I just never really got around to it. But these legend games, they're they're fun. They're different. It's it definitely has that old school feel. And I think you might personally like it. It's just 
it can be a little annoying at times. Right. I'll put it that way. But I'm happy I went back and played it. Like seriously, like it it felt good to go back and conquer this grievance that I had for so long. I mean, there were times like years ago memories of this game would come back in my mind and I'm like <laughs> this game. Well, what's nice about those games too is especially the older older Game Boy games, they're like 6 to 10 hours. Like that's yeah. not bad. It's it's a nice easy in and out. Like they start like they got a little bit longer, but like I I don't think there's really a Game Boy game that's maybe more than 20 to 30 hours, especially for the RPGs and like that's a great little amount of time, which I think is just kind of perfect. So, it's pretty nice. Can't really complain about that. All right, so I think the next game I want to bring up is one that a game that I've always wanted to play, but I never got around to it. For some reason, I just I just couldn't let myself play it. And I don't know why I strayed from it for so long, but that's Golden Sun. And every time I saw the cover for this game, I fell in love every single time. And I just never played it, which is kind of a shame, honestly. Uh, but this is just, it's it's a game on a whole nother level, getting to play it again. And it was so much fun. There's so much versatility with the magic. I do really enjoy the fact that you can use the magic in person as well. It's not only in the battles. You actually need to use that magic outside of battles in order to traverse the dungeons, to get around, to find the secrets. And then you layer on the genie magic as well. The genies are really, really cool. I actually really enjoyed that mechanic. So Golden Sun is a pretty big RPG, especially for that time. Uh, it, was, it takes about 20 to 22 hours to complete fully. And that's getting it like 100% with the secret hidden boss, which I did beat as well, uh, and all that fun stuff, right? And what was, what's, I don't know, it was such a memorable game. I really love the characters. The character design was fantastic. The art style was so good, and I was blown away by the music. I couldn't believe how good the music was. I was really surprised by it, and I yeah, I was just shocked by all of it. And I think the thing that really made me enjoy this title was the actual battle like scene itself. So mm -hmm. every time you fight, when it's your turn and you're doing attack like it the camera's like warping around you like the camera's actually moving around your characters and around the enemies which is really amazing especially given a like a game boy game like it's it was really astonishing to see that camera work the art style and the amount of work that got put into that because it could have just been a very simple like nothing Right. It's like, oh, I do the attack and it does the little sprite of a like a sword slicing through the enemy and then that's it. Or maybe like the sprite jumps up a little bit whenever you do something, you know, like something simple, like a lot of RPGs did. But this one went above and beyond with it. And the the genie stuff is really cool. So along the way, you collect various genies because uh, there's a whole thing about being an adept and you're either like a Venus, a Jupiter or Mercury or Mars adept. Each one has their own element. So like Mars would be fire. Jupiter is earth, right? Those kind of ideas. Mercury's water. Venus, I think is, oh, maybe Venus was earth and Jupiter is uh, like storm magic kind of deal, right? Wind. So what was really cool about this game is whenever you attach a genie to your character, you get certain stat boosts. And then it also unlocks magic and abilities along the way too. But then it, if you can mix and max mix and match the genies as well 
and that will change your stats. It might lower them, uh, but then you would get new magic abilities to use in battle. But then whenever you use the genies, you actually lose the stats that you would gain or lose based on that. So you can stack your character with a bunch of really good stuff, give them one genie that lowers their stats, but it gives you an ability that you actually want to use. But then when you use that genie in battle, your stats are now boosted back to what it was with the original genies. And then like that's kind of how you have to do summons and stuff like that, right? So once you use the genie, it gives you a specific elemental orb. And then that elemental orb is then used to actually do the summons. There's four different levels of summons. So you either have to you have to use one genie for one orb. So if you want to do a level four summon, you need to use four genies within a battle. Um, which is pretty cool, but it also has that backfiring thing where it's a double-edged sword where you lower you're lowering your stats the more you use the genies. So you can get hit harder the more you use them, but you're saving up for a big hit from the level four summon. So it's a really cool mechanic and a nice little balancing act there. Uh, the game was not very complicated. It wasn't very hard. I was able to get through it, which is really fun. Uh, and the, the story was really great. The, the encounter rate was extremely high, but with the battles being so fast-paced, it didn't feel like it was bothersome. And every dungeon only took about 20 minutes to get through. And I really liked how the ending of the game set up for the very next title. The game ends, you beat the big bad, or you don't actually beat like the big big bad, you don't solve the problem at all. You basically only visit two of the four lighthouses that you're said to. And then you see a big cutscene, and there's a tidal wave, your characters kind of disappear. And then after that, it actually cuts over to four other characters that you've been trying to like follow and save the whole time. And that actually opens up to the second game where now you play as those four characters in the beginning of the game, which I thought was really, really cool. It was a great way to set up for the next title, and it made you want to play it like instantly. So I started playing that one too, and it's just as fun. It is really fun. It's a little easier than the first one, I would say, but it is still really, really fun, really enjoyable. Uh, they added in some extra stuff with the summons, but I'm not going to talk about Golden Sun Lost Age as much. So... Yeah, but Golden Sun is just a really fun title. If you haven't checked it out and you really like JRPGs, this is a really good one. I, I feel like it's up there as as great, if not better, than most Final Fantasy games because of the versatility it has with the characters. And actually mixing the genies gives you different classes too. So you can make, like at first when you're going through, your natural instinct is to just give everyone who is of, like if... Yeah, so whenever you you want to actually give the characters of the Earth Elements, all the Earth Genies, gives you a really big stat boost to those things. But then if you start mixing them a little bit, it might lower your stats at first. But then whenever you start really playing around with all the Genies available, you start unlocking different classes like Ninja, Berserker, like Barbarian, stuff like that. And it was really cool because it's all hidden and you don't actually know that's there. So yeah, it was just a lot of fun to play through this title. And I wish I had played it earlier because the art's amazing. The music is fantastic. The fighting is really, really clear, really clean. Uh, and the story was just really great. Like, this is just an amazing title all the way around. Yeah, it's it's fun. Definitely recommend this one to you. I, I loved Golden Sun. Uh, the style, the battles. Like, I love the way the battles looked. Um, 
it I remember buying it new and being so excited about it and it's like comparing it to the title I just talked about you know it's like you can see the evolution in RPGs Mm -hmm. and even though I felt like Golden Sun was kind of simple at times compared to a lot of other RPGs it was nice especially for that style like I love the graphics um and I remember it was around that so I was playing another game right before golden sun back in the day. And I remember it was shining soul. Um, Mm. And I bring that up because it's made actually by, I think it's by the same people. No shining. It's the shining force games that are made by the same people that did golden sun, but they didn't do shining soul. Um, Which I love the shining force games. They're also strategy RPGs, but I remember being really into that and then going to Golden Sun, like, oh man, this is perfect. And I don't think I ever beat the original Golden Sun. Like, I got very close, I think. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, I remember playing two. Like, I remember Felix and I remember getting kind of far into it. And then I just kind of stopped. I don't know. Um, and, And it's a bummer because I know camelot the company that did it they're really good at rpgs and i know this is random but i'll say it because they did you know mario golf and mario tennis for the game boy which were amazing yeah those are great games too like the rpg side of sports games were amazing it wasn't done at the time you know now i see it with golf story and other stuff and it's i mean it's cool like the new games it's interesting but something about you know, Mario Tennis, where you get, you upgrade your racket, and you do all this, and you're just like, man, this feels cool. Like, they knew what they were doing, and it's a bummer, because if you, I'm looking at their games that they've released, right? And Golden Sun was the last non-sports game that they've done. Now they basically have done all of the Mario sports titles. Uh, Mm. Their latest one being the tennis and golf uh, for the Switch. And it's a bummer because, I mean, I know people are still waiting for a Golden Sun during one of these directs. Do I think it'll ever happen? I don't know. You know, I mean, this is a topic that I know we've kind of touched on, but also as becoming relevant again, people's take on turn-based RPGs versus action RPGs. Um, You know, we see with Square Enix saying that turn-based is basically dead you know like they i I bet you they'll keep dragon quest as like the turn-based rpg but final fantasy is going completely away from it Mm -hmm. um and it makes you wonder like would we see a golden sun i mean i know nintendo's very picky about their their franchises their their things but it's just weird how even in smash brothers like you just see a trophy you don't even get a character like a golden sun's really beloved you know like most people you bring up the game boy advance and if they liked rpgs or if they were really big into the the handheld everyone knows the game yeah you know it's at least the first game everyone loved it you know it was a good rpg on a handheld that had many and it's i think it's when i look back at like games that must be played to understand like certain like handhelds and stuff Mm -hmm. 
to me, Golden Sun is like what I think of for the GBA. Even though there's a bunch of cool RPGs on it, I'm just like, you know what? Like, yeah. Between that and the Final Fantasy like re-releases on the Game Boy Advance, oof. Beautiful. It would be so cool to play a Golden Sun, like the Final Fantasy VII remake. I think that would be really fun because it still has that kind of like turn-based feeling to it, that vibe, but it's more action-oriented. And it would be so cool to see like the genies in real life and all that. That that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know that's the, the style that Square Enix wants to do with their RPGs, and I could see more companies doing that uh, with it. I think I'd be cool seeing Golden Sun more like that. You know, I think Nintendo's really weird about RPGs, like first party. So, I mean, maybe one day we'll see it, but I mean, look, it's already taken them so many years for Metroid 4. Like, yeah, that's true. It It's sad, but it, you can tell they haven't, like, the last Golden Sun came out 2010. And since then, they've been doing sports. So it's like, I don't think after 12 years, they're just going to bust one out, but who knows? Maybe the next Switch console that's stronger, they'll they'll do something. But, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised how good graphics look on the Switch sometimes. Like, the the, the new Direct, mm-hmm. uh, Fire Emblem Engage. I was looking at that, and I'm like, those graphics are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see. And like, looking at it now, I'm like, dude, a Golden Sun with those graphics? Hot yeah. damn. Or even like, just, like, Octopath style. That would be great. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of keep the nostalgia, keep the classic, but then give it that modern that modern twist now that we've kind of come to really appreciate from these pixel graphics, like with Triangle Strategy taking that as well. Like, it just looks good whenever you, you try and make games like that or like Live a Live even doing it. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there's, there's something to it. Even if it's just like a remaster of it in that style would be amazing. Yeah, at least make like a, uh, a triple pack or something, yeah. you know, if it's re-released on the Switch, have some fixings in it, you know, like they would make a lot of money doing that, I think, personally. But yeah. all right. Hmm. Yeah, maybe wishful thinking. Yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Uh for the title that I've always wanted to play, uh that I have tried before in the past, but Never finished it. Uh, Mother 3, or the Earthbound sequel to many people. It never came out over here. Um, It's been fan-translated for a very long time, and it's a very beautiful game. It looks just like Earthbound. I mean, graphic-wise, it it looks fantastic. And it, it was always a title that people always praised, like, beyond belief. And I always told myself, like, I'll get to it. You know, like, I love Earthbound. Earthbound's definitely, like, I can see why it gets the praise it does. It really is, like, the perfect modern RPG. Mm -hmm. And Mother 3 is really cool. You know, it's different. I, I, the, the emotional stuff in the beginning is just like, whoa, like, this is a Nintendo game. You know, like, this is pretty dark already. Mm -hmm. And, I'm excited to see where it goes um, because I've, I've just heard the praise for it. Like I've never heard anyone say anything bad about it. And who knows if Nintendo will ever put it on the switch. Uh, 
if they ever do like the digital GBA collection, probably. Mm-hmm. I I'm surprised they haven't done that yet, but I guess they're so focused on the N64 digital library that who knows when we'll see the GBA. But I would love it. I yeah. I think that's how we're gonna see Golden Sun and all that is they're gonna do it through that digital library. They're gonna see how many people download and play those, or not download, but just play them, and then they might make a new title. But yeah, that's true. Um, going Good back point. to going back to Mother, it's. It's cool, you know. It it feels more. I don't know how to say it, but it feels more modern than Earthbound, even mm-hmm. though like it's not much different. But something about the style of it just feels better. Feels more modern. Um, it's cool. Like, like I said, I'm only a couple hours in, uh, but I love it, and I'll definitely uh, talk about it more once I finish it. And whatever episode we do is like a quick little catch up but it playing these games made me really want to go through a lot of these games from the past that you know i played a lot of handheld games but at the same time there's so many out there that i never was able to play because well we weren't well off you know like i know game boy games were cheaper which is i think why my mom was more willing to buy me one compared Mm -hmm. to like a console game same and there's so many out there that are so good and so many people don't give a chance to G- well, GBA. I think more people are more privy to, but Game Boy Color, stuff like that, unless it's Pokemon, no one really dives into them. And I understand those old style graphics. They can be kind of hard sometimes, but for the Game Boy, they work. I mean, just look at Final Fantasy Legend with the sprite work. Like it looks great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely am excited to do more of these episodes. Like I really love doing these rehash episodes because it it makes me happy playing something I did before and seeing if it's still hard or if it's easy. And I love adding like a game that I've always wanted to play. And like I want to do more of these episodes. So if anybody out there like enjoyed this episode, wants to hear more like it. Uh, in the Discord, I we have a little like forum post in there where basically you can suggest any kind of episode, really. But if you're interested in a rehash, there is a tag that you can tag the post with. Uh, for people that don't know, because it just released this week, forum post is a new thing in Discord. It looks weird, um, but it's awesome. You can post your suggestion there for an episode. Like I said, it can be for anything, even for our other podcasts, the Gray. Um. Yeah, and just I I basically made the rule where it's like you know what, if you want that, name a platform or a genre, and we'll pick something. And if we haven't played a game from a platform or a genre like that, we'll just pick one that we've always wanted to play. You know, and I think that would be really fun to kind of like go off of what all of you want us to play and experience and rant about for a while but um yeah i'm i love this i could i could talk about these dumb games all day <laughs> same and exploring the library recently it's just it, it's amazing how many titles that i feel like i missed from the game boy because there's just so many across all the different consoles and everything from the regular game boy game boy pocket game Boy color game boy advance game boy sp 
then we can get into the ds library as well like it, there's there's countless games on there and there's they really did explore every type of genre and there's something mm. for absolutely everyone on every single one of those consoles which is really amazing it's for uh, casual gamers or hardcore gamers it's all there and yeah please give us your recommendations because i guarantee there's gonna be plenty of games that either we completely forgot about it might have been something we saw on the shelf at one point walking through a GameStop when we were a kid or ones that we just absolutely have never heard of but we definitely should be playing them and really appreciating them for what they are and it's yeah it's been so much fun and it's one of those things that i definitely like I want to play a lot more of these older games now. Uh, like I mentioned, as soon as I finished Golden Sun, I'm playing Golden Sun Lost Age, and I'm pretty far in it now, like about 10, 12 hours in. But it's it's been great just reliving these titles. And there's something about handheld games that's just really nice. They're they're quicker. They they don't feel like as much of a drag for certain things when it comes to grinding levels. It doesn't feel like that's completely necessary to do. Like in Golden Sun, I was level 28 and I beat the game. Like what other RPG can you beat a game at level 28? Like that feels like severely underleveled for things. I remember fight, playing Final Fantasy X and fighting the boss at like level 70 was super hard. <laughs> but you sat there and you grind until you get to this high level. So it's, it's giving a really great experience in a very bite-sized format, which is just really, really fun and enjoyable. And surprising with the music, the art style, it's surprisingly great to go back to these titles and check them out again but yeah with that i think that's gonna do it for us this week and we will get an update on mother 3 uh on a later episode because we are going to be revisiting this style this format once again where we play some older games and bring them back as particularly from the game boy console genre era <laughs> and see what other titles we can find but until then uh we will talk to you guys all next week and enjoy yourselves and we, yeah that's it for now so bye everybody